Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to season five. Can you believe it? Of the Make an Impact Show. It is damn exciting to be able to say that we have been going round and round for five seasons. So thank you so much, dear listener, for listening, tuning in and sharing the love every single time. It means the world. And well, wouldn't we not kick off with a bang? Of course, we are going to be kicking off season five with a bang because today we bring you a very special episode of the podcast just to start things out after a little break. This week, we have two guests, not one, because, you know, why having one when you can have two? We are actually having the cover stars of the latest issue, the Creative Impact magazine, which is already out. And if you go to creativeimpact.group slash magazine, you will be able to get your hands on your copy. You are going to meet the co-founders of Stay Wild, Natalie, Glaze and Sanna Van Dyke. We are going to talk together about everything entrepreneurship and disrupting industries, including being an angel of business, listening to a community of women who get feedback and the people that shape Stay Wild as a brand. It's going to be an incredible conversation and it's going to be a very insightful one to start off, let's say, kind of mid-September because it's not really starting off September, is it? But I hope that you missed us and I hope that you're excited to have us back. Again, if you do have anyone that you would love to hear from or would love us to chat to, please let us know on social at Creative Impact Co on Instagram or Creative Impact C on Twitter. I'm so excited to be back. I cannot wait for you to hear out from Natalie and Zana and I really hope that this chat inspires you to take your brand and your community to the highest heights. Once again, if you want to get your free digital copy of the magazine, go to creativeimpact.group slash magazine to get this week's issue. I got a treat for you guys today. I got a massive treat because usually we have one guest. Today we got two. Hello, Natalie and Zana. How are you? Good. 
<laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be so much fun trying to kind of deal with three people at the time so guys you're going for a treat <laughs> we're so excited to be on so thank you so much for inviting us to come and have a chat with you yeah, my you. pleasure i'm really excited to hear the next steps of the journey i've been obviously following stay well since the beginning because obviously i've been knowing you for a while so it's really exciting to hear what has happened for you and also some of the lessons i know they've been making big strides and there's been some really good celebrations in the last uh, year or so so definitely want to talk about that but also just you know some of the lessons of working together and working with the business and obviously constantly trying to push the envelope when it comes to what stay wild is about now usually we introduce people ahead of the podcast anyway but especially since we got two people um, maybe you want to give us a bit of a roundup just introducing both of you, especially because we've got two lovely ladies here. So I don't know, Natalie, if you want to jump on and then we'll get to Zana as well. A bit about yourself and maybe also a bit about your role in Stay Wild. Sure. I am Natalie Glaze. I am the co-founder of Stay Wild, um, a sustainable swimwear and underwear brand. We are made here in London. Um, I run it alongside Zana who's also on this podcast with me. Um, we've known each other for what seems like forever now. And so naturally we decided to go into business together. I have, I'm trying to think about what my intro should be. <laughs> I also run a jewellery brand. I have a small dog. There you go, fact about me. <laughs> and yeah, we talk a lot about on, on the internet about running a business, sustainability, and yeah, Stay Wild takes up like majority of my time. So I feel like I'm 99.9% stay wild. The rest of it is Natalie. <laughs> Thank you. Zana. Hello, I'm Zana, Zana Van Dyke. I'm an online content creator talking about fitness, travel, well, not much travel right now, lifestyle and the great outdoors and also the co-founder of Stay Wild. And I'm somebody who has been super passionate about the oceans since I was a young gal because I started scuba diving when I was like 12 or 13 so when Natalie and I discussed the idea of producing something from recycled or regenerated ocean plastic, it just screamed a big fat yes to me. And um, it's been a wild ride since then, but I couldn't think of a better person to be in business with. So I love that. And actually, I was thinking as you were kind of giving us a bit of an overview, I wanted to ask you, Natalie, do you think that from also running another business, even if it's like, even probably smaller, especially kind of being your baby with the jewelry business, would you say that, especially when it comes to some of the logistical side of Stay Wild, did it help you or did you actually reflect on that thanks to that business or it's just like you actually had to learn or do a completely different strategy when it comes to helping from that side of things? I definitely think running Stay Wild because um, we've been running Stay Wild for probably, so it's coming up to our third birthdays in October. So it'd been going a while um, before I launched my next business and 100% helped. I think we went into Stay Wild so naive, like with absolutely no background at all in like running a product-based business and um, design, fulfillment. Like there's so many elements to running a business, um, especially a product-based business that we just had to learn on the job. And I think a lot of it was a bit of a shock to the system. So the first year especially was like a bit of a wild ride of like learning a lot. And I've been able to take a lot of what I've learned and lots of the kind of mistakes and the ups and downs and the lessons I have learned from Stay Wild and then put that into Bioglaze, my jewelry business, which has made it actually 
a lot easier to kind of start and run because I'm kind of not, I'm going in with a like breadth of knowledge of running a business and as opposed to having to learn frantically on the job I kind of went in a little bit more like I knew what I was letting myself in for and I was able to go this works this worked this is the stuff that helps say well this is what helped me even like stuff like this is what helped me mentally cope with launching a new business first time around this is the mistakes that I made so this is what I'm going to implement second time around so it's been it's been definitely been a lot easier but stay wild is such a beast that it's like on a whole other level to a little bit like it's just so many elements to it so I think maybe the fact that it's like that has helped me so much yeah with the second one I just say I'm loving Zana's eyes every so often whenever the word beast came out or like lessons or wild ride it was just like the eyes are like what yes kind of like a yes queen (laughs) the first year (laughs) I'm just doing a a silent yes with my eyes okay (laughs) or would you translate that yes into maybe like your either your reflection or maybe one of the stories that really encapsulated that first year I know I'm asking you to look back a bit but is there something maybe for you uh, Zana that kind of really jumps out when it comes to the first year of baby baby stay wild I would say I would say <laughs> I'd say naivety and ignorance are two words that uh, probably encapsulated us going into into stay wild and it was a shock to the system and I think our first factory that we worked with we learned a lot from that first factory didn't we now I think we we've come we've come a long way since then and I think I don't really know what to say about this factory without being a kind human being um but we learned a lot of lessons from you have to dig a bit further you have to go a bit further you have to work a bit harder with sourcing and finding the right people to work with. And we kind of went with the first factory that we found that ticked all our credentials sustainability wise, but they actually didn't tick everything when it came to actually production and knowing what to do when it came to swimwear. And I think that was a massive learning curve for us. So the first year was multiple hurdles one after another and jumping between factories. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. <laughs> I think that's that's a great point that you made also with the understanding of, you know, when <clears throat> as a purpose driven brand, because obviously the, the purpose is, is a big part of Stairwell from literally like the actual producing, but also to the messaging and encouraging your community then to be part of the little things that you want to do to actually make the world a better place. There is a whole new set of of, of skills and 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 let's say boxes that you need to tick because you mentioned that as well that you want to tick that traditionally maybe some other brands wouldn't have seen which is great but it also means that you are still jumping into the unknown because again maybe you talk to a factory and you tell them what is your sustainability I don't know processes and they're like eh what what is that so it's kind of harder as you say because you have to find that middle ground and I think it's it's in itself is a big big battle because sometimes it's even bringing the conversation to a place that didn't even know that they had to look at some specific, you know, manufacturing production or any systems as well. So I can, it's I can, a, that. it's a challenge to tick all the boxes because you might find somewhere that ticks all of the sustainability boxes, but then production wise can't do anything that's more of an advanced item you want to produce. Or you might find somewhere that does incredible production and specializes in swimwear, but then they have absolutely zero sustainability credentials. So finding somewhere that does all of that is is a challenge and then also trying to do it in England so yeah 
<laughs> Can I ask you actually, what I, I see that you do this a lot and that's also what I love about younger brands as well, like ourselves, younger. Mm-hmm. I feel like I keep saying that and then we're like, I, I'm swimming into my thirties and I'm like younger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's fine, younger heart. But you know, we actually want to communicate and you do this really well to, to our customers and to our audience also the little behind the scenes things just to make them understand actually the reasons why there are some specific choices to be made whether it's the product whether it's the choices of manufacturing or even just the quality how do you find the balance between making them part of that side of the conversation but also obviously not wanting to overwhelm them or maybe losing them along the way I don't know if I'm making sense but I find it's really interesting to be able to be open about the behind the scenes without maybe either sharing too much or again making it too overwhelming or hard to understand for them yeah. Do you want me to get this one, Sana? <laughs> um, so I think, like you said, that the audience kind of interaction and participation has been key for us from the very beginning. And I think it was partly due to the fact that me and Zana, like we've said multiple times, we literally didn't know what we were doing. So for us being able to ask our audience and get them involved from the beginning actually helped us make a lot of decisions that we were, we were like, well, we're not quite sure so let's ask for more opinions because in the end of the day our audience and our consumers are the people who are like purchasing the products wearing the products so for us it made sense to ask them from the beginning what colors would you like to wear what shapes would you like to see you know get them involved from every stage and from the very beginning we have always asked them to kind of be involved in every element of the business from the colorways to the naming of the products to modeling the collections and I think although yes it's wonderful marketing actually it was never intentionally like a marketing thing it was more of a we're just going to start this business and we're just going to ask millions of questions because we don't really know what we're doing. And actually by getting them involved, then our customers feel like they've helped kind of shape the brand, which they have. And then you're saying, what colors do you want to see? And then they vote for a color and then that color comes out. And then I think all like customers and consumers are want, they want more from brands these days. It's not just about the product. It's about, being involved in the story, being able to understand who the founders are, like the journey of it and being able to be invested, see behind the scenes, see the kind of stresses because they then are invested in you guys as like owners of the company, they're invested in the products. And I think it just means that people are more willing to, they like believe in your brand more because they feel part of the whole journey, including the ups and downs. And I don't, I think, don't think there is like too much sharing of that because I think they want to be involved so like we've shared a lot we've like (laughs) Zana's definitely shared breakdowns I've definitely shared breakdowns and like been like we've been crying packing boxes for 10 hours (laughs) you know and actually that's not glamorous and lots of brands would be like oh maybe that's too much maybe we shouldn't share that but we've always just been of the kind of mindset of let's just share it all you know and I think it allows them to actually understand. And obviously, as as the founders, they they you know they control so much and are so much part of that brand. And also because of your involvement online anyway, and obviously that presence online is a great for people to actually see that journey of the brand also as yourselves and what you're trying to build. So I and that's that's what I love, as you said, about that push from consumers and, and customers. Quite, quite subtle that's been happening for a long time and our brands are responding to it and as you say it can be either 
scary or people might feel uncomfortable at first because you're like you're not sure what you want to show but when you show that side of your business then people understand why your small business is you know is so passionate and you know like because of all those kind of like little waves that you go through there's a really cool quote from Seth Godin that says people do not buy goods and services they buy relationships stories and magic and that's really that that story obviously of the little things from the new products that you launched to also the little campaigns that are revolving around them, I think is a really powerful thing as well. Is there one, either like one campaign or maybe one product or something that really, you know, that really has a special place into your heart? You can either, maybe you choose the same one. <laughs> maybe there's a different one, but if there's something that really kind of speaks to you that you created, whether it's a product or a campaign related to that, I would love to hear that. I don't know if Zana wants to jump in first. Yeah, I was just trying to ponder. I was like, which product do I like the most or which one speaks to me the most? And I'm trying to think, I think it's the Odyssey one piece because I just think it, it's a piece which people wear when they're actually out in the wild swimming and our, our name is Stay Wild, right? And I think our other pieces, are, they're beautiful, they're functional, they're sustainable. But this is like our piece that women who want to get out in the wild, women who want to get out in nature, they wear the Odyssey one piece because it holds you in. It's got a zip. You look like a Bond girl. You feel like a badass and you like you swim feeling secure. So I feel like for me, the Odyssey one piece is, is the piece which kind of encapsulates what Stay Wild is about. And we are constantly targeting women down in Cornwall or up, to, up in the locks in Scotland, swimming in the Odyssey One Piece. And I think that piece means a lot to me just for that reason. Genuinely love that. Yeah, that's definitely, I feel like that's become our, like when people think about Stay Wild, they think about that piece. That's definitely become like our key piece. I think because Zana went down there, like what piece is her favorite? Um, I'll go down there, what campaign? Because you said it could be a campaign as well. And I think, so this year we launched, we like kind of, obviously COVID happened and we had to kind of think about where we were going as a business and our product offering. And for us, we thought about, cause we're quite seasonal in terms of our styles and pieces. So we're like, how do we bring a piece, like pieces around that you can wear every day and it's like less reliant on weather. And we then kind of came up with over lockdowns, the idea of releasing underwear. And that campaign was so special because for a number of reasons, one, we had like loads of women who were incredible, lots from our open casting calls. Like it was just so, it's always so wonderful to see like women wearing the pieces that we have spent ages designing and coming up with. And also it was one of the, I think it was the first shoot we'd done after kind of all the lockdowns. And it was just, they're always so special being able to go to shoots and see people wear them and like see the pieces that you've kind of designed come to life. And we really focused around movement because it was all about kind of being, feeling like a second skin, being able to move and breathe in the pieces. And we did a lot of kind of movement and dance focused videos. And I, although I love every single campaign we've ever shot and all the videos and images, I just feel like it was such a special campaign because it kind of was the first one we were able to do for such a long time. And it just, it was just really special. I really feel like it, we hit the nail on the head with that campaign. And every time I look at the videos, I'm like, oh, it just gets me. <laughs> I love that. When it comes to these, I like both the examples actually made me think about the conception. And this is something that by the way, I'm completely ignorant about. So I'm gonna hear it all and I'm gonna love it all because I have no idea, I never to create a product. So that fascinates me. So it's a selfish question the conception of actually some of the pieces because you're not just going from 
obviously what it is from a functional perspective as well, which is in there from a sustainable perspective, especially what you both mentioned actually is how the women are feeling in those products and what, how they make them feel and what they associate with them. And, and, you know, there's a lot of emotional connection that you can see, by the way, from the pictures and obviously the videos you mentioned as well. So would you like to run us a bit through what that looks like? Because I think there's, a, there's an idea that people have, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot more special than that. Do you mean the process of production from design and idea through to? Yeah, mainly focusing on, on how you come up with the idea and how do you actually turn it into life and how do you turn it into a piece? I think Natalie and I can tag team this, but one of the, one of the blessings, one of the blessings of being co-founders of a small business is that <clears throat> we can make what we want. So we, we always say we're so lucky that we're so agile and we not only... I think our first collection, like our terror collection, that was pieces which we knew we loved and we knew that we felt good in and that other women would hopefully feel good in. And fingers crossed, the feedback's been great. But the good thing is that we have this community of women who follow us and provide constant feedback. And we have the privilege to be able to hear from them and hear what they want. And they'll say, I love the Luna One piece, but I'd also love a piece which had this. Or I love the Nema bikini, but I would love a piece which had this design feature so the design isn't just Natalie and I and what we like uh, <laughs> selfishly sometimes we do focus on what we like but it's also including the incredible women who are part of our community who give their feedback and say this is what feels good for me this 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 um high waist and then my bikini feels great for me could you do that sort of shape could you do this coverage on the bottom could you do this sort of strap thickness because my bust needs it and I would feel confident with that so it's not just our ideas and what we want, it's what our audience and our customers want. And then Nat, do you want to tag team with me about how we go from that to yeah. physical piece? Yeah, so that's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> so we obviously come up with the ideas, but it's a very long process. And I think one which we didn't realize kind of how lengthy and how many elements there were to you come up with the idea, you kind of come up with a concept and it can be sketches, it can be mood boards. Um, and then now we actually know when we first went to our first factory, we had no idea. And we literally went in completely blind and they were like, these are all the steps you need to do. And we were like, oh, who knew? Sure. Whereas now I can actually tell you what the steps are. So obviously, once you come up with your ideas, you have to then put it into a digital format, which is called a CAD. Um, so you digitalize that design or drawing and then you create a tech pack, which is like all the different elements of what that design looks like, the colors, the material, all that stuff. We then go to the factory with our initial design um, and from there they create the first sample. So that's like almost like your first prototype, if you will, of your kind of vision. They bring that together, bring it to life and then you go in and you will try that on with different models and then this process can last quite a long time of kind of adjusting you fit it on because it's very different from a flat drawing to it on a woman's body or like with the curves with how the material stretches there's so many elements to that so we will then end up going through multiple fittings and it's not just on one body it's also then fitting it on multiple sizes multiple women and because of course no one body is the same so we are fitting so many different types of women's shapes and figures and sizes and bust sizes so we do a lot of kind of back and forth sampling 
sampling process which is at the factory so it's very glamorous days of us going down to the factory and being there from like nine till five fitting on multiple women adjusting like you're you're pinning it you're cutting it you're like doing little like drawing on the actual swimsuits or being like let's take away a bit here let's adjust this let's change this let's do this but that that process can take months like you can be fitting for like four to six months because especially me and Zana are very particular that we will only release something if we really believe in it and really think it's a fantastic product whereas there can there is a standard rule of that like you do three samples you fit on one woman and that's it and that's the standard rule in like the fashion industry whereas we are very specific on fitting on multiple women and then not only that once you've come up with your design that you think okay this is this fits on these women then you have to go away and test it so you those women then have to wear it in multiple scenarios they have to wash it they have to wear it they have to see how the material stretch like does it stretch if you wash it does it not stretch does it fit and feel comfortable after the like 15th wear how does it feel in the water how does it feel in all those scenarios are things that you have to think about this is so this is so boring but I'm just going through all the stages Um, and then once you've done that you have to do a thing called grading where we grade up and down sizes and then once all of that is signed off you can then go into production and then obviously it's like ordering making sure you have all your materials and everything like that um, but that process is actually, it's just very lengthy. And I think when we started, we thought it was like drawing, swimsuit, make the swimsuits. And it's like, no, no, that could be it. Like our underwear was like eight, nine months of like developing from initial ideas. Because you also have to think about, okay, where does this sit within the market? What will this product actually be successful? Let's Let's have a and even stuff like material that we had to, we spent months researching different materials. How sustainable is that material? What does that material feel like against your skin? What's the functionality of that material? So there's so many stages, not just what it looks like. How does it feel? How will women feel when they wear it? What will that material, like what's the impact of that material? What, how, what happens when down the line at the end of the life of that piece what do you do then is it recyclable like what are all the different options so there's just it's like a minefield of starting afresh from a product I think that's that's really by the way I know that it's really long but that's also really interesting because then you think about the standards from a consumer perspective that we've been set to when it comes to you imagine and you feel like there's always a new line coming up I'm talking about fast fashion especially there's so many new products and you feel like that that's what happens you just try something got an idea and they make it happen Mm -hmm. so actually by even just changing that conversation and actually doing the things in a way that is really catered for the community first and foremost and for the people that are going to wear it again it's just changing that conversation and actually almost changing the perception because I would feel that 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 was something that I wouldn't have expected myself but because you're going through different standards and the more these conversations are happening and as you say the more you're showing the way that actually the products are coming to life and then people understand really why is this different why is the quality different the price point different the the time that it takes to create a new line different and then again it also makes the customers feel more valuable and also they know that they're making uh, conscious choices as well. So I appreciate that it's long, but I also see why, why that's so important as well. Now I have a slightly different question and it's kind of like a quick pros and cons just because Zana mentioned agile, which is a good word. And I think there's so many pros about being agile, especially when it's a small business. And I was wondering whether you can think about both of you, the best thing about being 
agile and small and dynamic, but also if there's anything that maybe you could consider more of a con or something a bit more annoying <laughs> about that element of, again, agile and small and obviously having to pivot so quickly. So I'd say being small, the ultimate, the ultimate pro is the freedom that we have in the sense that like last year when COVID hit and we couldn't bring out our new collection that we wanted to bring out, Natalie and I could be like, right, we'll just do a new color and we'll bring it out in this design this month. And why don't we try it in that design? And we had the flexibility and the freedom to be able to experiment and explore and create what we wanted to create and be able to bounce back in the scenario and this, the absolute spun in the works that COVID threw at us. So that was definitely one of the biggest pros. I'd say the con, is that there is no big team there's no big marketing budget there's no like you look at these brands who come in they they launch with a team of 10 people they have like a social media manager and a operations manager factory manager designer blah 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 that no (laughs) that is not us and um i think it's just that that's the biggest challenge you ultimately it's a tiny 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 team and a lot of a lot of work falls on not very many heads and that's going to be I think think probably the biggest challenge that you have as a small business is that you don't each individual doesn't have one hat each individual has multiple hats I'm sure Natalie will agree with me with that (laughs) yeah yeah I'll, I'll start with the con because I'm like yep I agree with that I think it's challenge all small businesses face especially like we've been really lucky that we are growing year on year and like people seem to love our products and the thing is with like Zana said we are a very small team and we and basically that means that you have to have multiple roles like you can be the founder but you're also doing jobs which an intern would do and you're and because it's so fast paced it's a small number of people like Zana was saying that have kind of you have a lot of responsibility and managing kind of growing as a business with a small team and kind of I think that's where the challenges lie is that you're there's only so much you can all physically do, you know? And like, that's incredible in so many ways because we are really agile, like Zan was saying, like lots of these big, like big, huge businesses, they have so many processes to like making a decision, bringing something new in and things can take years to get approved. And I know I've got friends who work in businesses like that and they're like, it takes so long to get an idea off the ground and you have to prove it and you have to do so many kind of steps to launching something new or coming up with an idea and there has to be like backing behind it which is all great and it's and it has its place but we are able to see a trend for something or be reactive to a situation without and be be able to turn that around really quickly and be able to make decisions quickly and be able to make and like some of our best decisions have been made and they're gut decisions and in a huge company you can't just suddenly do something based on a gut decision whereas we are able to be able to do that and like joys of being a small business in lockdowns and during COVID and everything has been that we are small we're agile we have low kind of overheads we don't have huge offices huge teams which I think has been the downfall of lots of businesses because it's 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 hard when something like COVID happens where it's completely like nobody could have predicted that and if you have multiple offices around the world and huge overheads people with like mortgages to pay like a massive teams that is that's a lot of pressure as a big business so 
what's great about being a small business, especially over like the last year or so, has been the fact that we can be so agile. We can kind of we have we haven't got that kind of huge business and um, offices and all that kind of hanging over us. It's able enabled us to be fast paced, be quick moving, be able to understand what's going on be reactive to situations and stuff like that sorry i'm getting absolutely blinded by the sun i'm like moving more and more like this like, oh. <laughs> it's funny because you're going one way and i'm going i'm going the same way so slightly we're like a giant and sam's like where are they going the end. <laughs> I was like, are they all right are they there <laughs> i'm like see you later honeys it's like bye girl uh, and I love that and I and I do understand where you're coming from because even us as a small business we have that same realization of being like well we can actually try something new I love that you mentioned also the idea of just try something and slightly changing it because as you say you don't have to go through the process of talking to 20 10 15 people and just kind of go through that yourself I think it's a big thing now I'm going to ask you one more question before then I'll ask you the wrap-up question which is a quick one but before that is there a piece of advice, you know, from the industry that you really disagree with? And what would that be? That could be, by the way, that could be from just, you know, business owners. It can be when it comes to something in the wellness business. It can be something about mindset. It can be even something about sustainability. Maybe like there's some piece of advice, something that you do disagree with. And what would that be? Oh, I don't know if it's a piece of advice that I disagree with, but it's uh, it's an element of the fashion industry that we go against, and that is seasons. So we don't have, you know, there's like spring, summer, autumn, winter, et cetera, et cetera. Because we're a slow fashion brand, we just basically release pieces as and when we feel like our community need them. And that is, in essence, going completely against the traditional model of the fashion industry. So I'd say that's been something where, Many people would probably advise when you start a fashion brand, do spring, summer, do autumn, winter, do miss many collections, make sure you have a new piece coming out every week or new drops every week and you have to keep it fresh all the time. But when you're working in a, a slow fashion model, our priority is making sure that things are produced to the highest quality and that every piece has a purpose and that every piece fits in with our brand and what our audience wants and needs. And we're not just going to release something for the purpose of releasing it. So I would say that's one piece of advice in the fashion industry that we've both just completely ignored. <laughs> I feel like that's been our whole business. Like if you, if you were to speak to anyone in the fashion industry, kind of from a traditional fashion brand perspective, and I suppose that's what's been great about the fact that we have no background is we were able to go in and kind of make up our own way of running a business. We haven't been able to kind of have these preconceived rules of going, okay, you do X amount of collections a year. You have to do this first and then you release this and then you release this. And this is how a fashion business is run. Where we had no prior background, we were able to kind of just make up the way we wanted our business to run. And although it wasn't kind of intentionally going, we're gonna go against every single rule, apart from the like seasons and the kind of slow fashion we've just been able to and I think a lot of the time you people think that they have to have background or I don't know qualifications in their area or and like when we've done we've done fashion weeks and everyone's like where did you study fashion where did you like that's always the question we get and me and Zana were like like, where do you study fashion where do you study design and actually we've just been like we we haven't we've kind of just (laughs) made it up as we go so I think 
than the going in and just making up your own rules of how you want your business to run the kind of products you want to release and when like doing it sustainably that is something that we just had our core values and we stuck to those and that's how we've run our business so I think it's just you can do things in your own way you don't need to follow what other huge businesses are doing you don't have to follow like any set rules you just do things in your own way and you don't need any prior qualifications or background you can just do it as you know as you go which is what we've done and we're still going so it's been all right <laughs> I love that I love that um it's like you do you boo which is great yeah. <laughs> now 180 for the last question literally a turn so you choose who goes first <clears throat> Sana Natalie if you could go out for brunch brunch with anyone dead or alive I don't know why I feel I know Zana's probably I'm not I don't but let's see who would this one person be and why okay do you do you think mine begins with a d yeah Zana's <laughs> gonna say David Attenborough that means I can't say David Attenborough <laughs> David Attenborough 100% honey pee oh damn it we could, we could do a three-way we could do a little three-way founders chat brunch with david attenborough Dave. that would be great imagine be awesome. so good. i feel like every time i've been asked any question like that is all david attenborough seems to be my answer for everything <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what other questions you've been asked when david attenborough was the first thing Awesome. I'm glad that my spider senses still work. Excellent. Yeah. Don't need to do a freeway. That's totally fine. You can do it all together. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be excellent. Ladies, thank you so, so much for uh, joining me for this chat. It was excellent. Thank you so much for all the work that you do from small business to small business. It's, it's a bit of a slog. It's a gorgeous slog, but sometimes, you know, and the important thing is that, you know, you're doing what you love and you're making massive waves. So little chapeau now. Before I leave, uh, where would people find out more about you? Let's say somebody, there's a listener here that doesn't know what Stay Wild is or where to find out more about you. Where should they go? Oh, so, oh yeah. Do you want to go now? Go on, girl. <laughs> I was keen. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so for information about Stay Wild, they can go to our Instagram, which is at Stay Wild Swim on the IG or our website, which is www.staywildswim.com. And they will be able to find out all the information they want about our products, our pieces. Me and Zana, I'm at Natalie Glaze and Zana can do I'm, uh, I'm Zana Van Dyke, D-I-J-K. Because <laughs> so, nobody ever seems to spell my name correctly. So yeah, at Zana Van Dyke on Instagram. But check out Stay Wild Swim. That's where it's at, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, Please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>